you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump in and make a splash with this next with this new episode. Let's let's go, let's go to the episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Okay, this is part two of our interview with Susie Oltman, our conversation rather. We just had a big conversation together. Uh, And if you thought the first one was good, I think this one might top it. There's some really, really, really good stuff here. I had an absolute absolute blast hanging out and and chatting with my friend Susie. If you didn't listen to the first episode, you might not know Susie is an illustrator, a storyteller, a bookmaker. Uh, She makes cool toys that are beautiful. Go check her out on Instagram at Susie Altman, S-U-Z-Y-U-L-T-M-A-N. Her work is so phenomenal and even more phenomenal is just who she is as a person. And I had a blast talking to her um, that made a big impact on me. A lot of these things that we talked about instantly changed the way that I was looking at my life and my time and my intentionality, and uh, it has given me a peace since I've since I spoke to her. I've had a lot of peace about uh, my my endeavors, and um, I really appreciate it. I know you're going to get a ton from it. Without further ado, here is Susie Altman. You have the quiet time, spiritual practice, whatever you want to call it. You've got uh, being, it kind of reminds me of being the difference between uh, reacting and responding. So you're like, yeah. you, you know, you're, or in, you're, you called it uh, being mindful about yeah. your decision making. Yeah. Um, but then also, you, another one you mentioned that we didn't talk about was therapy. Was that, is that a big thing? Because I'm not in therapy. I've wanted to do it for a long yeah. time. It's literally like a time commitment thing. But it's, I want to yeah. hear, you, would you sell it's, it on to me? It's not for, I mean, it's not for everybody. It's been a really important tool for me. Yeah. Um, but I've had some, a couple of big losses in my life. Yeah. And I think that um, I just didn't know how to move through them. So I needed it as a tool. And now it's just become something that, I'm used to having, and so it's it's really important for me. Yeah. Um, I definitely would advise it if you're struggling with 
big changes in your life, I think therapists are really great people to go and talk to. I mean, we all have friends and family, but therapists actually have ways to help you move through, you know, big changes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's five. My sixth one is... There's one uh, that I don't do that should be on there, what which is, is like <sighs> physical activity. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, I have a, so I have a new idea. It's on my, it's on my goals list. Exercising. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So here's, I'll tell you this. Cause I, uh, I'm so much better version of myself when I'm running yeah. when I'm doing, uh, and I've gone through periods of, I hear that from people who exercise that it's really, I, it makes them feel really good. When I start doing it again, I think, oh my gosh, how am I not doing yeah. this? This is, I'm, my mental state is so elevated yeah. and I'm creative and I'm, and I, but I'm, really? I'm not good at, okay. really, okay. like I am my most creative when I'm. When I have those endorphins going, yeah. I am clear beyond any wow. other time. Uh, but I'll tell you this, because I have, I'm trying to trick myself to get back in a routine. Because yeah. I haven't done it for years, yeah. and I'm so stressed and time strapped yeah. right now that I've put it off. And so uh, I use this as kind of a thing from uh, Donald Miller's Story Brand podcast, where he talked about saying he has to be at the gym 52 times this year. Yeah, and he doesn't have to do anything in particular. He just that's his goal. Once a so week. like even if you just like walk in the door. Yeah. Just that you walk great. in the door. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to do it this year. I just I started a chart of I'm going to run 50 times this year. Okay. It's not enough to be, you know, it's not going to change my health dramatically. Yeah. And then next year I'm going to do run 100 times. Okay. I'm going to set a goal like that for myself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's really simple. Like low, low pressure, but just setting some goal, like an achievable goal basically. Yeah. It's right in between... Uh, uh, achievable and challenging because it's still going to be a thing where I have to make a, make it a priority. Right. But it's not so much where it's like I'm overwhelmed before I start. Yeah. yeah. And it's like I like the idea because it at least gets you into a pattern of behavior that yes. hopefully you'll keep up. Yep. And I think if I can do 50 this year, 100 will be easy next year. Yeah. But uh, so that's one I'm giving to you, but you're giving me okay. way more than I'm giving you. Uh, the last one I was going to say is all of these require uh, a level of control, so like routine and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, uh, I've i become a person. <laughs> You're smiling. And I'm no, I'm thinking, because I'm thinking I'm trying to let go. Like I'm trying to be less controlled. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, then we have the same problem because I'm, I am a ADHD and a lot of it, people like that are, tend to be addicts. So okay. I'm a very addictive personality. Yeah. And this point in my life, I don't have my worst addictions are things like seltzer water and <sighs> Altoids water. and you know like not super harmful yeah. stuff. But the only way that I've become you know have a good diet and all that is yeah. extreme control. Yeah. And so when something knocks me out of balance, like kids, yeah, kids get sick. This happens. Yeah. That happens. And now it's all hard. of a sudden, or or work pot goes off. And now, yeah, yeah I just wonder what you. Uh, do you have a practice for combating things that kill the consistency? That's really hard. Like that's just when. Um, so that's where the life um, experiences come into play. Yeah. And I really appreciate what you like what you move through. Um, so both of my sons have Aspergers. Right. So the part of like the consistency for me has come out of watching them needing routine and my kids need routine too yeah. to, I mean all it. kids need uh, routine yes. when my when my oldest was first diagnosed when he was little um, I remember them talking about like how a schedule would help him like the routine would help him and it really did and then as he then we'd start breaking the routine it's what you're talking about yeah I would break it on purpose to yeah. see how he would react and and it was really hard and you know now he functions really well um, but when he has a lot of anxiety, the schedule like needs to be, you know. Um, so I am used to being like the needs schedule. Needs to be tighter? Tighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When there's yeah. anxiety, it's like the schedule needs to be. But in terms, so. I think, by the way. Sorry, yeah, that's okay. I just okay. want to pause really quick about saying um, I find that uh, like Asperger's on like the autistic spectrum. Yeah. Right? People on that, I feel like that is the other side of the coin of ADHD. I have no idea scientifically what this no, they means. They talk about them. I think they are, there are a lot of connections. Because yeah. I've done a lot of research on ADHD, and one of the things they talk about is, even though I know popular culture 
ideas around right and left brained are not accurate. I do know there's there's a thing about how I almost feel like we are the other sides of the brain. Did you hear that new? Wait, did you listen to the new? Um, Hidden I'm very brain, excited right now. The new Hidden Brain podcast is, about the right one? and left brain. No. Oh my God. I am already. I'm oh sold. my God. When you're gone, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I listened to it because, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I. Oh my God. Just listen to I, it. Yeah. But what's really. I'm definitely going to listen to that. I'm so <laughs> pumped. Uh, but what I find really interesting is there are people uh, with Asperger's are yeah. almost like my counterpart. And mm-hmm. when I meet them, I have a lot of friends yeah. that have that because we are, we're also very intense. So yeah. like, oh. well, you know, well, <laughs> I know, I know, I don't want to be intense, but I'm no, so intense fantastic. and I can't help it. It's fantastic. And, but I find their uh, appetite for yeah. life yeah. matches mine. Yeah. But in different ways. I can, so it's I, just I very, yeah. I, when I get into a zone with someone like that, like I have a friend who yeah. just discovered that he's somewhere on the autistic spectrum. Yeah. And we spent a week, uh, he came and stayed with us. For, I'm giving too much information. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but anyway, we spent a lot of time together yeah. and we talked for like seven days straight. Well, what's funny, so a uh, uh, full disclosure, right. when I first met you, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't quite figure out Andy. And then the second time when you were at the stuff at um, Rise and Design, Design, not that I couldn't figure out, but there was like, there was like a different energy coming off of you. And, um, and you start talking about your ADHD. I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, I totally get it. I know it's a different energy. And I think it's, it works really well on uh, like uh, my introverted activities or yeah. like making stuff. Yeah. But sometimes when you're out and about connecting with people, I'm I'm better one-on-one. Uh even then it's pretty intense. But anyway, yeah. I think I get what it. I think what happened was there were like a lot of people around us yeah. and you were trying to make conversation with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And um And I don't do that well. Either. Well, and I'm also used to being around kids with Aspergers all the time who are not connecting and I was I think part of me was picking up on that. Yeah. And I just, but I didn't want to like. I don't, I loved, that's one of the things is like, I, there's not much that interests me more than that because it's like, I love talking about it. I, yeah. And I also like when I like, I also like noticing things about people. Yeah. And I like when people notice things about me. Yeah. So there's no, some people are very uncomfortable with that. Right. If you're like, oh, I noticed you were acting this kind of way in that situation. They're like, oh, don't look at me. But yeah. I'm, maybe it's, maybe I'm just too egotistical or something I'm like oh you noticed that that's no I think it's (laughs) I'm so happy you're like that I might pass as neurotypical and I know how to yeah right and I but um one of the things I've actively done recently is paint my nails and color my hair so that I can't now I know that lots of people can do that that are Mm -hmm. neurotypical but I noticed something when I was in college I used to have these giant glasses yeah and I and it made it so that I couldn't hide in terms of being passing as normal. So people already know when they, they look at as you. As soon as they see me, they're like, hmm, they something's different. not right about this guy. That's really interesting. And so it gave me, it gives me confidence now when I go out and I talk to the, someone at Kroger. Yeah. I'm like, just be yourself. Just, just this whole weird thing that you're going to do mm. where you're going to over explain yourself and go at a billion different angles. And just do it. Yeah. And they can deal with it. I don't yeah. know. And it makes me... Because I have a lot of anxiety about passing as a neurotypical person. Like I, I get, especially if I'm, especially in business, like, it, which is weird because I feel like the weirdness of my brain is what makes all of my creativity happen. Yeah. But it also, but, but having to turn that into a thriving career yeah. means having to go into business meetings and conference calls and, um, you know, whatever. And I end up feeling like I have to. Well, I'd have to, or at least until now. Now that I've kind of proven myself to a degree where they like me, yeah, I can be a little bit more nor- more me. I really love the way, like how you found a way yeah. to present yourself, like the, like visually yeah. to kind of explain to people that you're different. I um, I mean, I'm feeling some stuff right now because I'm like projecting, thinking about my own kids and like what they move through. But I think that. I mean, that was something really hard for me raising them was just that people, and this is what you're dealing with, people, I don't think, there's so many, there's so many different types of disabilities. Yeah. 
and I feel very, very fortunate. Like the kids are who they. I love the kids for like I. They are amazing kids. Yeah. But the one thing I always felt for them is that they, people think that like they're just neurotypical, yeah. and then when something happens, they're like, "What is wrong with this person?" I'm like, "There's nothing wrong with yeah. them," and it's a really. Sometimes the world is really confusing for, you know, not so much anymore, but yeah. when they were little and moving through it and, you know, needed more like occupational therapy or whatever it was. So it's just, it's a tricky world we live in. We need to give people like space to be whoever, whoever they are and whatever. You just don't know what people are going through or what, what's underneath everything. And when I see uh, parents now, yeah. Oh, uh, especially after having our own kids and yeah. with all different pr issues or whatever, yeah. uh, and then also having experienced parents that have all kinds of different kids. Yeah. I do, it does give you a lot of empathy to be like, you know, if a kid's behaving a certain way, you think yeah. you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But I, I, for me, one of the things I've tried to make my mission on this podcast a little bit is um, ADHD. Does one of the biggest struggles for me is that it's treated as a joke I agree and it's a, and I and I know for a fact I mean I know I've read enough to know like we have all the evidence these are different types of brains yeah and I've seen it and I can I can pick up on someone who has ADHD in yeah. a second yeah because I'm like that's my that's like me that's yeah. my brain and uh that's a yeah that's a big challenge for me whereas at least when someone has uh, and they all they have different challenges, but someone has Asperger's yeah. or or some on the autistic spectrum. Yeah. We have had a, a uh, we've had a big narrative come through to right. explain that. Right. And I feel like on ADHD, it's still just a joke. Or I I'm with way. you. Yeah, I think that's that can be really painful when you're like I've really had to struggle with like this. it. Sucks. And I yeah. think my mom, who I know has ADHD, uh, her whole life was a wreck. Yeah. And I think. And she gets zero sympathy. Yeah. And I know she's made some bad choices. But anyway, this is not my <laughs> podcast. This is my podcast, but it's about you. We'll move on to other things. But anyway, I love that list of... Uh, what was your... Just so I get it. Yes. What did you say? How, have you learned at all to roll with it when, when your yeah, routine so, gets crushed? So um, that, I said, was due to life experience. Oh, so yeah. Um, yeah, okay, I, I had some that. things thrown at me that kind of made me pause and it's the, the for the first one thing I went through I'll, I'll kind of I'll land on the second thing because it's a lot bigger and it's what led me to meeting you but um, I started reading um, some Buddhist books or Pema Chodron and a yeah. lot about like this idea of you know being in the moment and you know not thinking about the next day so that helped me like with like certain mantras with myself if things shift like everything's everything's fine because everything's fine right. like nothing's really different right now like okay the kids are home from school on Wednesday because there was a snow day but has yeah. ever, anything really changed like the everything the project will get done because the projects always get done that's kind of one of my mantras yeah that's good so that was um, kind of early on in my career and then more recently, um, my sis my younger sister, who I'm, was extremely close to, was diagnosed with cancer. Right. And I'd moved to Columbus to be close to my sister. Um, I was, was a single mom at the time. Was the same sister that you moved to the West with? Yeah, she okay. moved out West. Yeah. So she moved here for Abercrombie, and I went through a divorce, and I moved here with the two boys, and I was a single mom here. And I had, it was great, because we had... Um, Gosh, like eight years here together, and she was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, I'm and sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And then, um, and she was like in it to win it, and she was, I mean, she's an amazing person, super positive. And, um, you know, life throws you these things, and you don't know what the journey is going to be like. And, um, you know, thankfully, because of the work I'd done, bef because of the divorce and the work I'd done through the divorce in terms of like sitting with my staff, I had gained some tools of just kind of sitting. Yeah. And that helped me um, just be present with Joanna as she was moving through um, her life with cancer. Yeah. Because when you're in that space, um, and have you been in a space I like that? I haven't. That's great. No, no that's good. But, good. but I will say, and I'm not going to derail it because I want to hear more yeah. about that. But I will say, recently, uh, I feel like I'm just getting to a stage where 
people around me are getting divorces, yeah. going, moving through things, yeah. and thing, you know, just all kinds of real life stuff, even in my own life. Yeah. I've noticed like it doesn't, it took me 10 years to get consistency yeah. and control of myself because yeah. I'm yeah. an addict and a crazy person. Yeah. But that's what I, the next, that's why I ask you that because the next thing I'm going through is I can see like you're not going to be able to control it. So things yeah. are going to happen. Yeah. And how are you going to yeah. roll with that? So, so, so I really, um, like she, you know, was the captain of the, of the ship and we were all really lucky because she was phenomenal and yeah. she was super positive and just, you know, just to have somebody like that. Um, in your life that's like steering the ship in that direction you just follow and you support them as best you can but then along the way you know there's like there are a lot of ups and downs and you know you it's again making those conscious decisions like how are you going to manage this and um how are you going to manage it yourself? How are you going to manage it as a couple? How are you going to move your kids through it? Like, what do you tell? Like, every almost every week was different. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, some of it you do in shock, and then some of it you do you start doing very consciously. Like, how do yeah. I want to spend this time? And then it's the being present and trying to not go into the future. Like, is you know, is she going to die? Is she not? Because I want to enjoy this time. So, and she didn't believe she was going to die. Mm-hmm. And um, at a certain point, um, when I recognized, like, she was in the hospital more and not, um, they weren't able to do as much for her, um, I made the decision to just stop taking work because I wanted to be just around her as much as I could be. And um, I, you know, and just went with the flow. I mean, I still did some projects because I felt like I needed something to be active. Mm. And I didn't tell her I did that. You know, all she knew, I was just like coming and hanging out a couple times a week or however, five times a week, (laughs) as often as she'd have me. And, um, you know, and then eventually she did lose the battle to cancer. And, And, you know, in life, those are big moments too. And how you like, move through the grief and how you not in how you move through the grief but big moments and how you you know I'm gonna take a moment here that's all right so just big moments and like realizing realizing what's important yeah so you know I have a pretty high threshold for like bad news like I know what bad news looks like mm-hmm. so it it takes a lot for there to be like really bad news. Um, so for me, if everybody's like healthy and happy, then I'm pretty like good with. Um, You're feeling great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of have like a way to keep that in check. It doesn't. I'm not perfect. I have days where I'm like, oh my god, the kids are at home, and I've got like you know 20 emails and all oh, this yeah. stuff, and then I'm like, okay. You know, and that's where the meditation, I'm like, go sit with yourself because this is a good day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I made a decision with um, with my life that, like, one way to, you know, keep Joe's spirit alive was to just be, like, live every day the best I can. So I'm like, if, if I can be here, like, I have to appreciate these days and this time. Yeah. So it's, like, part of my goal is to be my best self in every day, whatever that looks like. And I, yeah. that, like, I wake up to that every day is just to be my best self in the day and appreciate the day as much as I can. And I try, and I also hope that's what comes through in my work. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's been, like, that was a big, you know. That's a big thing that keeps me in check. Well, first so, of all, I don't want anyone to have to learn that that way, but well, I think yeah. we all do at some point potentially. Maybe. We all will, but also um, the great thing about well, you know, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, the great thing about you sharing that, I think a lot about our personal journeys where we go get these. Um, they're always full of struggle, and then we get yeah. some kind of reward. Yeah, and some and the and the the most value value we can get out of that struggle is by bringing that reward to other people so that they don't have to go through it. Yeah. So hopefully, yes, everybody will go through things yeah. like that, but hopefully they won't have to spend a life wasted 
not having that lesson for them. Does that make sense? So like the thing you learned and the gratitude you have for life every day and wanting to be your best self by you sharing the pain that led to that. Hopefully lots of people can spend more days like that without that pain, without having to feel the, does that make sense? I don't know if I'm speaking too vaguely. I mean, I think basically at the end of the day, we're all just people. Yeah. And the stuff we make is amazing. And you want to be doing what you love to do so you can feel good in the day. But being happy is really, really important. Not just happy with your work, but just happy with yourself. And yeah. Joanna was like, she lived her her 40 years she was on this planet. She lived them like fully. Like I, she, she did was amazing. She yeah. Did yeah. Um, and um, anybody that knew her would tell you that. And I think that, um, and I wouldn't have things any other way because I would rather have known her and lost her then yeah. than not have had that love in my life. So that's what I carry with me too. And um, and that's what I hope to put out my creativity. And I hope, you know, and I think that that's who we all are when we wake up in the morning and go to bed at night. We're just people like, sleeping and waking and yeah. doing our best every day and you know cre- we're lucky we get we create because we get to kind of try and express all of yeah. that through some form and if somebody will look at it and maybe buy it yeah <laughs> that's great great yeah that's icing on the cake we're very yes. very lucky so I think keeping things organized I like the reason that Brian and I talk about stuff and make sure we're on the same page is because we want to make sure we're connecting we want to make sure we're connecting with the kids like like, I, I mean, I've I've had two moments in my life now where things have shifted in a day, where I've had mm-hmm. that news in a day where, like, you know. Everything's different now. Yeah, like, I'm, your marriage is no longer, like, this marriage is no longer going to be what it is. Yeah. was, like, the first time. And the second time was Joanna and her husband telling us that she yeah. had cancer. And um, so, you know. But that. Uh, I'm not afraid of those days anymore. Yes. I just know that it's there. So. The in-between times, like just cherish that calmness and enjoy the people around you and have your tool belt so when those times happen, you know how to like manage the stuff. But you putting out uh, the lessons from that pain yeah, and the spirit yeah. that you gained from that pain through your creative work uh, is the gift of, I think about this all the time, so I was obsessed with, I don't know, maybe critically it's not the best, I don't know, yeah. I stand behind it, I was obsessed with the show Parenthood and I, we watched all oh, of them, yeah, I was I so Parenthood. crazy about it, yeah, I loved it yeah. um, and I still think about it all the time but what I loved about that show and I think about this is such a pure and high level purpose for creative work is that every week we would watch that I would remember what life was about in the same way that you do at a funeral without anyone having to die Mm. and so you you channeling this what the struggle taught you and the spirit that it gave you through your creative work and giving that away as a gift is it, it means that people can have the benefit of that spirit and gift oh, without having the struggle. Thank you. you. Know? Thanks. Um, because you don't want to go 40 years of your life not appreciating the day-to-day, not appreciating being grateful, um, and only doing that after you've had this huge pain. Thank Does that make you. sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So uh, I know we've been talking for ages. We can do two things. Uh, uh, this is just be me being really... <laughs> Uh, transparent. Okay. We can do a part two. Okay. Or we can get to a few other things I want to talk about. What do you um, want to do? Energy wise. I could, we could do a part two. Okay. Because I want to, because we're doing kind of like a, um, like we'll do a, this is kind of like the first one we'll put out, but then we'll have to do a prequel. Okay. Where we talk about your divorce and talk about, because I, I okay. heard you talk about on another podcast how that turned into the Chronicle stuff and yeah, all was, this other stuff. It was yeah. very, yeah, it was really, um, it was a really growthful time for me. Yes. I really had to like look inward and 
talk to myself and be like, what, you need to slow down and just get yourself in a row and. Yeah. So do you want to have, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Or should we put it in the next step next time? Oh, we can I'm do I'm cool next to time? do it now. Oh. But we can, it's up to you. I hope I'm not, I'm putting too much, much pressure on you. How much time do we have? This is an hour and a half. Well, here's the thing. Whenever I have a uh, friend podcast, yeah. uh, I let him just roll. Okay. And you know, like armchair expert, you ever listen to that podcast? Yes, That's yeah. like two hours long. They you know, are, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, we could just keep, do you want to keep Let's just talk about it. Talking? All right, okay. good. I, that, I secretly okay. want that answer. Okay. Um, so we'll, we're going to do the prequel to that, to okay. what we just talked about. Okay. Because um, you you almost got there in your story where you're talking yes. about going from. I didn't know how deep to get. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to talk about Joanna's death. That wasn't, Please. It wasn't, it wasn't too morbid, was it? I, is that okay? That is way okay. Okay. I could not I haven't be, talked about that before. Oh, I am so grateful. Yeah. I, My desperation is for these interviews to become more and more authentic okay. and real and deep and okay. all of that. And I wanted to tell you, you know, I had a therapist a long time ago that told me that it's really important to, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but. No, go, that's fine. Th that told me to reach out. Like yeah. when you're in pain or you're going through something to reach out. And mm. it was probably it, it it was probably about six months after Joanna died, but I had heard your podcast and I found out you were local. Yeah, and that's when I called Allison and Allison had told me she knew you, and I'm like, maybe we could go out for coffee, and because um, yeah. I needed to just like, I I not only had I lost Joanna, but like we were all had like all these friends and everything just felt so everything was still very I was just kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's when I reached out and then had coffee with you for the first time. That's great. So, I didn't know that. I don't know yeah. if we, because we probably didn't talk about it then. No, I wasn't no. like, Yeah. By the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time, yeah. Uh, oh, crying. No, a lot of stuff going on. Oh, really? Like what? We'll talk about it I, in a that's, few years. A, that's another okay. thing I learned yeah. because when I went through the divorce, like there were times I'd get together with people and I'd have, what, is, is that from, um, what's the movie? Oh my gosh. What's the Tina Fey movie with the girls? The word barf. Oh. Mean Girls? Mean Girls. Yeah. She talks about word, word vomit. Word vomit, yeah. yeah. I've, I've learned my lesson with word vomit. When oh, you I meet haven't. People and you're I like... haven't. I do this every week and just <laughs> broadcast it to thousands of people. But, uh, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yes. I think in the original timeline that yes. we were on, we yes. got almost to the divorce yes. you were talking about. You, uh, after Adidas and Nike... So after, so we moved to Amsterdam. Yeah, Amsterdam. And we were there for three years. And that was really, if you look at my work, like super formative in my Is that technically Scandinavia? Space. No, it's right. by like France and Belgium. And I can never it's place where it's it is, to but it's in the north. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm very bad about geography, but I knew that it's. Yeah around it's awesome that. because it's really central so it's okay. really easy to travel through europe um we did All go to Europeans legoland hate me right now so. yeah what legoland in copenhagen okay so we did uh, like in denmark so we went you can drive like from amsterdam so you're close i'm going to denmark later this year. <sighs> anyway we went denmark. to uh, sweden last year and i thought about it every day since yeah. we left anyway denmark's awesome oh man i'm so pumped you go through amsterdam too yeah that's nice awesome so we went there for three years, um, and then, so this is like the kind of the doing thing. Like I was raised to be like, do I can it. do everything. Yeah. I can do anything. I can do everything. Yeah. So we went to Amsterdam, then moved the whole family back to Nike in um, Portland, and we we're there for two years, and then um, moved to just north of Boston for Converse, who's owned by Nike. Right. So. After some time there, um, we just recognized that the marriage wasn't um, working, so we we got a separation, and that was really that was in Boston. Yeah. Okay. Uh, real quick. Yes. Uh, Amsterdam. Uh, what, can you d tell us any? What was your? Just tell us a little bit more about living there. I'd, so it was. Um, it felt like we just like. Yes. Spit, Sorry, I sped I through it. Oh my gosh, Amsterdam was fantastic. That was um, 
probably like some of the best three years of What were your my treasures life? and elixirs and learning? Oh my gosh. So when we moved there, Oz was two years old. My oldest was two. Yeah. And he had a ton of energy. So, and I was, I, it's funny because I got myself like licensed to do graphic design freelance, which I think I did a little. And that right. in itself was like a whole thing to do to go yeah. to like the Dutch like government <laughs> office. And they spoke really good English, but it's very, Europe is so bureaucratic. Like, I know. Everything, certificate? Yeah. Where's your certificate? Yeah, yeah. it's so crazy. It's because everything's established there. Yeah. It's old, established. Yeah. Bureaucracy, yeah. certificates, all, totally. Awesome. Yeah. Which is cool about America is that it's Wild West. We don't yeah. know it. Yeah. We're so, like, you're pretty free to do crazy things. Pretty much, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So um, we would, we found like a group of people that we would hang out with and play in the park and whatnot, but he just always had energy. So I'd like strap him into the stroller and we'd just like walk the streets of Amsterdam. Right. And we'd go to the museums. We lived like five minutes from the museum plane where they have the Stedelijk Museum, which is the modern art museum and the Van Gogh Museum. I'm not saying Van to all the Dutch folk out there. I'm not using my Dutch accent because it's really bad. <laughs> um, what did they say? It's they said like Van Hook. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's like you got like. Yeah, and all the British throat. people that I know call it Van Gogh. Yes. So anyway. Yeah, I just heard that on the British Baking Show. Yeah. They're calling him Van Gogh. My brother-in-law. Yeah. Go to the Van Gogh Museum. I was like, no, what? I yeah. can't say that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway. our little street that we lived on, every you know little town, yeah. not town, sorry, every little part of the city has its like own little main street. And they have a butcher and a green grocer. Oh, I'm and so jealous. They had th their kids' stores were amazing. Like you walk in and you don't know which side is boy and which side is girl. There's not sides, yeah. like everything's just mixed together. Yeah. The colors are amazing. And then we also had, um, it was the Nietzsche store, which the Japanese called Miffy, okay. which is the Miffy. white bunny yeah. rat. It's Dick yeah, Bruna. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had the Dick Bruna store oh, on man. our street. Oh, so I would man. take North in there and I'd, oh, or, uh, sorry, Oz, and I'd plant him in front of the little video they'd have running of the old Dick Bruna cartoons. And I would just walk around the store, <laughs> look uh, at stuff. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, so I, we would just, Kind of, Oz and I would just like stroll the streets and like knew all the canals, and he would get a costosti, which was a grilled cheese. Their cheese is freaking awesome. He still loves cheese to this so day. Bad. He's like my cheese kid. Um, so I just spent a lot of time walking the city and just really being Soaking in the city. Out. There's an area called the Little Nine Streets. Yeah, which is just it's the best buildings. It's like have you have you been no, to Amsterdam? Been, yeah. So it's so crazy because you know everything's built on water and it's these old brick tall buildings and some of them are just like leaning in crazy ways yeah. and just to walk the streets and take it all in and like fun little antique stores and fabric stores and all like bakeries and you know wow. all the funness of it and um, just a beautiful Sounds city. Amazing. Yeah, I love you know. I we live right next to this little uptown area. It's very I, similar, it's, yeah. It's the closest we can get. Not, not. I mean, there's other places like this, but yeah. living like this yeah. is the closest you can get to the good things of Europe. Yeah. Yeah. That's but it. we don't have a butcher, which, oh man, if we had a butcher, so we could get the deli meat and the yeah, it's sausages. So much it's, fun. Oh, yeah. it's so much better. And it anyway. really, yeah, it, it really um, definitely influenced me visually I wasn't expecting that it's really interesting because the Dutch themselves are very like somewhat reserved and when you they have this thing where they keep their um in the like every bottom level of the apartment they keep their curtains open it goes like way 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 back to show people that they don't have a lot of stuff it's like that's it's not puritanical, but it's something like that. Yeah. So like they're very some kind simple. of humility or like yeah. some kind of modesty yeah. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they're very simple, but then when it comes to um, like design and um, you know everywhere from like fashion to interior um, graphic design, like they're really like bright and bold, mm. and they take chances, yeah. and it's just so much fun to, to like be in all that. So I just like soaked wow. it all in. Basically for so three it's a big part for of three your, years. Uh, voice formation, really. Yeah, yeah, and also we were there when Bush was in office, right. so like people were picketing the streets and yeah. asking us like, "What? How do you feel about America?" Yeah. And I actually talked to my parents about I'm like, "How do I answer those questions?" Because people aren't asking it to be rude; they're really curious. Mm -hmm. And I, so I came up with this answer. I'm like, "Well, I support you know America, but I don't know how I, like I don't necessarily support the administration right yeah. now." Um, because Europe was really upset mm -hmm. with the oh, U.S. Know, yeah. for just being very bold and like. Yeah, I lived in England 
uh, while Bush was in office. Yeah. And then it went to Obama. But yeah. yeah. So it was a little. They so were, I experienced that. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think, my, you know, feeling like understanding how, how the like the global community and, was like yeah. knitted together and how close we all were. True. It was really important for me. And that's when. And, and that's, we don't really see that. From no. living here. No, I mean, you that. see it on the news, but it's but, different to live among people, amongst people that are like really asking you questions about it. And they, and they care about our politics. They do. They absolutely yeah. do. And then when you can travel to other countries so easily, like you can go to Italy or France and their borders are all open and yet the cultures are completely different. Yeah. You, you, you also get a different sense of how people are connected. So that became a really big part of my work too. Like we really yeah. need to understand that like we're all, like we are all one planet. Like yeah. we're not. We're not. We're separated by water, but we're right. all connected. And we are very connected. Yeah. Totally. So. Okay, that answers the Amsterdam question. Yes. Uh, so then you went to Boston, and that's when. That's when the, the divorce happened, and I yeah. wasn't really expecting it. Um, so, and even if you are expecting it, it's, it, it's, it can be a very difficult thing to process. It's. It's a grieving process is, on many yeah. levels. It's the death of a thing. Yeah, yeah, of like a family unit that you had, um, and the loss of that partner. And but at, simultaneously, I had just signed up with Little Rogers Agency. Um, so as I was moving through this loss, I also had found out that Chronicle wanted to work on two projects with me, and yeah. I would have never dreamt that that would have happened at any time, let alone at this time. So of course I took the job and I was really fortunate to have a really fantastic art director. I mean, he didn't know any of this personal stuff was sure. going on. But it, how did, can, sorry, can yeah. I just pause you real quick? How did that, uh, Did the, how did they correlate in terms of your, uh, okay, I'm gonna get, this is my you, you can complete, ask all right, this is my complete transparency that's not uh, normal. No, most That's people wouldn't okay. say this, but I just listened to this episode with uh, Manny Moore, mm -hmm. and she's interviewed by Mark Marin. Okay, and he she had a divorce with Ryan Adams, mm -hmm. and that's when all of these things started happening, and they didn't happen before that. And I just uh, listening to you talk about it, it was yeah. just reminding me of like this I, weird I like death accidental. and new li life yeah. is happening at the same yeah. time, and I'm wondering. I don't. I did this? not need to bring Mandy Moore into this, but hey, Mandy, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, yeah, man, that'd be cool. We love but you. <laughs> yeah, the, but she—that's when she got "This Is Us" and a bunch of other stuff happened right in that time period. Yeah. Um, or maybe that was like whatever. No, this we is, don't need to go uh, through Mandy okay. But no, that's a really how is this question. happening in tandem? Okay. Death and new life, like all, it's a shift. So, and, and I think that's, and it, it is an important part, probably part of the story. It's interesting the way you asked it because I think that's what helped me be present for Joanna. That's why this work was so, so I had I have a very dear friend named Lisa. Yeah. And she and her husband had moved to Massachusetts, to Boston before us. Um, I knew Lisa's husband from college, my ex did. Um, so they'd gotten the job, he'd gotten the job at Converse. My, yeah. We followed. So Lisa was being represented by Lilla. And um, I've never talked about this before. And Lisa, <laughs> Lisa. Um, I'm doing a lot of good prying, yes, sorry. That's okay, no, it's an interesting. So Lisa had um, Lilla um, being the very good business mind that she was, was recognizing that editorial work was starting to kind of flatten and maybe go yeah. down a bit because a lot of the magazines were folding because yep. of the internet. Yep. So she was looking for new ways to open up some business for her artists. Sure. And she noticed this pattern thing happening like at Michael's, there was lots of like scrapbook papers and stuff and she was thinking like, I wonder if my artist could do this. Mm -hmm. So she decided, excuse me, to have a pattern, print and pattern kind of class at her, at her studio. Yeah for any of the artists that were in the Boston area. So Lisa asked me if I wanted to take it with her. And I'm like, oh my God, we just moved here. I've got two kids. Um, I don't have a sitter. Like we have to transition Oz into a new school. Like I don't know if I can manage all this. And she's like, oh, it'll be fun. I'm like, well, let me, let me see. And mm, yeah, so I decided that maybe I could get a sitter. Um, I sent my stuff to Lilla, like my graphic design portfolio, yeah. and she's like, I, she was really sweet. She's, I think she's just trying to see if I could like hang with everybody, nice. if I was professional and whatnot. So she accepted me into the group. 
And it was a lovely group of artists, the amazing women, and Lilla did this great class where we created like some collections of, of artwork and whatnot. And I was, it was really great for me. It was the first time I was like with other women like that and creating yeah. like that in many years. I always, I made, I'm sure Sophie does this, like every birthday party, actually I've seen some pictures, every birthday party was like insane. So I'm like, I need to yeah. put my creativity somewhere. Yeah. Like everyone's gonna get this amazing invitation yes. and bake goods. So this was really fantastic. And Lisa had opened me up to this. Whether if you, what, I mean, it often falls, it has traditionally fall, fallen on the mom to take a minute out yeah, uh, and but some a lot of dads do this too. Yeah, if you choose to, like Sophie chose to set down work and focus on the kids while they were little. Yeah, and she had all that same thing. Yeah, of, um, uh, yeah, your creativity. Yeah. Like, it has to come out put, somewhere, yeah, right? Like, it's in like, your identity. Yeah, like you're being a mom at that yeah. stage. You're like, I'm gonna own being a mom. Yeah, and, you know what you're doing yeah. is saying something about who you yeah. are, and you got to find a place for yeah. that, right? So yeah. So I took the class and it, the class definitely created some friction with me and my ex mm -hmm. and I actually started pushing back a little bit yeah. um, I wasn't now I wasn't sure if I could manage everything because North was having some my youngest was having some separation anxiety but and oddly enough I felt like my ex wasn't really encouraging me to keep going with yeah. it he was kind of um, I don't want to say too much because he's not here to. There's like two sides yeah. to every I feel story. Yeah, totally. But I, I felt Only like feel whatever you want to share yeah, is fine. Right. I felt like I was, I was actually kind of waking up to my own self. I felt yeah. like I had been kind of asleep to what had been going on in our relationship, where and so I was like, um, because so at a certain point we de we decided that. I would. Yeah. Was that a wink? <laughs> All right. Yeah. That I would, that I would ask that I would talk to Lila and see if I could like send the work into her. Like. Yeah. Right. And so she could okay. critique it because it might be so too much for me to, to drive go. down. And Lila wrote me a really nice email, and she's like, I could do that, but then you would miss out on being with all the women, mm. and it's such a nice group. Yeah. And here was this person supporting me and being with other women, and I'm like, where does this come from? This yeah. is amazing. So I said to my ex, like, she wants me to, and he got a little upset yeah. at this idea. Like, I, we'd already decided that I was going to stay home with the kids. And I was confused because I'm like, I'm the one managing all this. Yeah. So, um, and maybe he felt like it was causing friction in the relationship. I mean, it obviously was. Yeah. And I think what happened was that that started waking me up to potentially other places that other, other things that, yeah. that were happening in the marriage. And um, and once you start going down that path, it's kind of hard to come back. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, one thing that's been on my mind a lot recently is, uh, man, it's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> Getting into all this, you know, personal stuff. But, uh, you know, the I'm reading a book about the hero's journey and they talk about the hero is the one that will um, make sacrifices and uh, and then I'm watching all these movies and watching the stories of what do we think of as love and a big yeah. part of love is sacrifice yeah like what will you give for the other person now there's it gets unhealthy when one person's giving everything and the other person's yeah. not giving anything yeah but I do think you know that's what it reminds me of just kind of what I'm thinking through in my own journey with relationships yeah. of you know, you, they require sacrifice. Yeah. And you have to think about, uh, and it sounds like that's that's where some of the friction is coming from. Yeah. yeah, and I think I was fighting, I think I finally found something that was worth fighting for myself. Yeah. And my voice. Yeah. And um, maybe you're just sacrificing too much. Well, there was that, and the kids were part of that too, because I was managing the kids. So I started looking at like, what could I actually handle? Like, yep. can I handle the work? Can I handle the kids? And um, kind of pushing back on this idea that I wasn't taking care of everything because yeah. I actually was, yeah. and I was doing this class. Yeah. So that was like, it was like this message that didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. So I actually just started questioning the messages that were being sent my way. And yeah. the more I pushed, the more I found out why those messages were being sent my yeah. direction. Mm. And um, Creating a bunch of issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do think um, 
that it all makes sense because I had to find out that like the relationship the relationship wasn't working for a reason like I was keeping myself small yeah and, and handle a fully realized you in this yeah I think he I think he wanted someone bigger right but he also wanted someone small yeah. maybe yep I get it. Yeah, I mean, I totally I th- understand. You know, that. and yeah. I was keeping myself small, and um, so this is like the a crux because we'd of known your each journey. other since we were young. Yeah, and um, I think he was looking for someone bigger. Yeah, right. At the same time that he was with me. Right. Yeah. So um, at that point, it was just like I was. Yeah. I I knew hit I need the fan. I need I knew I needed to just move forward for like basically for the kids sake yep. so that you know it didn't get super messy and yes yeah. yeah yeah so this is i mean yeah it's fascinating to me because i'm so interested in people's journeys to watch that the your art journey and your personal yeah. journey is mirroring each other and it's this self-realization moment yeah. is happening simultaneously yeah. and then as that happens, you yeah. do this class, then what happens? Yeah. But I didn't don't think I realized at the time, like I was keeping myself small. Right. And that I wasn't like making myself equal and asking those questions and like then You were asleep to all of that happening. Yeah. Yeah, and that was where I needed to get introspective on like what who did I want to be in my role in my life. Where did you find uh, strength and courage in that time to because you made a bunch of moves my sister. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a phone. I remember, I'll never forget a phone call. I was like on the floor of my house in Massachusetts. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And she, she's like, you're going to get up and you're going to do this. Yeah. And I talked to her about that later because I'm like, where did yeah. that come from? Because usually she wasn't like, we just, you Didn't know. Didn't tough love each other? No. And she's yeah. like, Susie, I didn't know what I was doing. She's like, I just <laughs> knew that I was like. Yeah. I didn't. I was like worried for you, and I needed you to like do like, like to yes. keep going. Yeah. But mainly, so that so where it came from. So mainly, it came from I had my sister and a group of really great friends, and they all focused on me and like mm. what like looking forward for me and what how I need to rebuild myself, and not like. Um, nothing really negative just very positive about like how I was going to move forward and not that like how do I put this like I was definitely grieving I was grieving the loss of my ex and I was grieving the loss of our family because things hit they hit you in a way you don't expect it but they were all carrying me forward and that's where paper doll parade came from yes each doll is a different person in my life at that time that was supporting me and telling me like giving me like my one friend Jilly was like told me she put post-its around her house with like positive things. So I'd yeah. have like a post-it that would just say like you're okay or like smile today. And part of that was also to get myself to look in the mirror because I was feeling so badly about myself. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even look in the mirror. So I'd like have post-its on the mirror to like look and tell myself to do things. Mm-hmm. And then I would like go. I would get the kids to school and then I would like draw my for my chronicle project and then I'd like cry. And then I'd get up mm-hmm. and <laughs> draw. Yeah. So I think it just came, it came from an inner part of myself wanting to understand how I got where I was because I was really confused. I'm like, how did I, have been with this person for so long, how did I lose the thread of who we were? Yes. Because I'm such a controlling person. I'm like, how the hell did I lose that thread? Like, how did I lose us? How did I get here and he's here? Like, when did that happen? And... And, you know, how do I move forward with all this? How do I be me? How do I be this single mom? Like, all this, like, shame and guilt I felt for, like, the marriage falling apart because I could do anything, but I couldn't keep the marriage together. It's, like, all these different emotions and just working through all that stuff. So two things I just want to highlight real quick. One, um, something I've been thinking a lot about as I'm working through just watching curveballs being thrown at me or there I can see them on the horizon yeah. in life like I said I didn't I haven't gone through um, major ones like that since maybe for the past 10 years yeah. I've had a really peaceful 10 years uh, but as I'm watching stuff happening yeah and I'm uh, I can feel this when you see 
okay, there's a hope that you're describing, which is although you were grieving, you were birthing, birthing a new thing at the same time. Yeah. And I, there's a bunch of, I feel like I've been avoiding growth because I know that it's going to have a cost or a struggle or whatever. So sometimes it'll cause you to yeah. not step forward yeah. on the path. Um, but we, we in our house call that purgatory. Right, purgatory. It feels it feels like crap. Yeah. And I feel like even recently, it, this mostly this was like career stuff. But like, I notice like I'm not stepping forward because I know it's going to come with pain and yeah. struggle. Yeah. But then once you do, yeah, that new life yeah, like, sustains you through the struggle. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's so worth it. Yeah. It's and that's what you it sounds like you're describing that, right? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard work. Yeah. It's really hard work. Doing the work that it always comes with a struggle and it is really hard, yeah. but but it's just about trying to be like be as honest with yourself as possible. Like like we've talked about with my sister like life like I now know like life end, like it does yeah, it end. Does like end. it's just yeah, not a movie it's not thing. A, it's not a theory. Like I've yeah. seen it in the movies and stuff, and I live with grandparents it. that died, but like yeah. now having somebody really close to me, like it does end, and um, I want to be as present as I can be, and to do that, I have to like have clear thoughts about, you know, like who the people are in my life and what they mean to me and what I'm doing, like what my intent is yeah. with what I'm doing, and what, so yeah. it's just and it's it's not easy work and. Um, but you can, I say, there's a bunch of times where you spend that time in purgatory, just like you're saying. Yeah. And you're letting your path go on without you. Yes. And you, that's a, and, but once you catch up to it, even through the pain, yeah. there's nothing more life affirming yeah. than being in the present moment on your path yeah. as it's happening. Yeah. And you're, you can feel all the moving parts yeah. are happening when you have, when you've had the courage to do it. I know I'm like, it's like very, Esoteric and vague. It's not. But I feel like when people experience yeah. it, they know what I'm saying. I you just had one of the conversations I had with my therapist. She said to me, she said that um, that sometimes growth is painful. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I never thought about that. <laughs> like, yes. I thought it always felt good. Like, look at me. I'm like growing as an artist. Like, right. I did this yes. thing and this thing, and I'm like, oh gosh. A it's lot painful. of times it's painful. Like yeah. I like growing pains, you know, and I'm like, yes. okay, like I can, I can accept that. And that's another thing too, is like just going into acceptance of what is happening. Like that's really, really important because that's something that I go back to with um, Joanna a lot is I remember like the doctors, like her being in the hospital and the doctors saying things and people around her not realizing that she was going to die. Yeah. And not that I wanted to be the one to say that, but I'm like, she, I mean, my husband and I, I'm again, very lucky that he's my partner. I'm like, she's going to die. And he's like, yeah, that I could have that conversation with him. Like people, yeah. like the, the piece of denial that, we, but I'm so glad I could because then I could talk to her about like the it. the denial is the purgatory. Yeah, but yeah. The, thing, the thing is, is that I couldn't have talked to her about death and like what our relationship, we actually talked about what our relationship was gonna be yeah, after yeah. she died. Yeah. And I couldn't have had that conversation with her had I not accepted it. Accepted that she was going to die. Yeah. And that's like for everything, if you can't- It applies to everything. Yeah, yes. if you can't accept where you are, then you can't have those conversations with yourself or the people around you, you. yeah. Absolutely. And then you can't enjoy that beautiful thing, even if it's hard, even if it's, whether it's a something as hard as a death or a breakup or something as beautiful as like, you know, a new job, like you can't, it's it's all intertwined. And you gotta you can't, be in it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I wanna say uh, something that I think is so nuanced and relevant, you said about this, The by the way, in case you don't know, um, paper doll, what's it called? Paper doll parade. Pa paper doll parade, by the way, hanging up we we framed them Aww. they're in our house oh my god they've been in our house yeah. since before i knew you oh that's Bef amazing since before we lived in columbus <laughs> that's great uh, it's crazy right that's great chronicle sent them to me when we were doing our second book oh my gosh that's uh, so amazing so crazy yeah. but so we've had this long going yeah. synchronicity cosmic yeah. uh friendship those are all my sister and all my best friends and so and i want to say so we love that that those pieces yeah and they're like these individual cards that yeah. are these girls and i'll put it in the show notes so people can see it but what I think is so powerful is, you, you know, earlier we were talking about when someone draws an apple a new way, and yeah. a million people draw yeah. an apple. I think there's two ways of looking at that. So um, 
as an artist, when you're being influenced by somebody, yeah. realize that if someone comes along and draws those girls, yeah. that they've just, maybe they've learned, maybe they'll learn something from it, yeah. but it will always be so hollow and it will not have the fire yeah. that it had for you right. because it came out of your journey at that exact time yeah. from those real people. Yeah. Like it has this, you know, energetic yeah. depth yeah. to it. Um, and I think for you, for me, so there's that element. And yeah. the other side of it the try, the, that I try to look at it as when someone's copying me, I try to think, okay, they can steal that. But I know they will never get the energy from Correct. it. Yeah. And until they, and maybe that's just a learning part for yeah. them. And until they figure out how to match their real energy with their art, yeah. it will never uh, transcend. Yeah. It will never have an inflection point. But that, because that's what happened to you. Yeah. Your real life and your art crossed at that moment. Yeah, they absolutely And it was did. explosive. It changed everything, yeah, right? Yeah, it did. And what it, that paper doll, what happened with that? Um, so there was that, and there was the poster set, the which Home Sweet both. Home, yeah. which was, I didn't realize at the time, but that was me processing saying goodbye to the town I lived in, Yeah, which was really important because if anybody out there has been to a therapist, you probably know you're not supposed to like just jump ship and like <laughs> right. move town. Yeah. Yeah. So I had... Um, I could do better at that. I'm bad at that. So... But. We made the decision that um, it would be good, like really good for me to move to Columbus with the kids and be closer to family and um, whatnot. So I was leaving this town and I just like walked around and I would draw the buildings and it was an old whaling town, so there were whales in there and there was like an old like forest sanctuary with the owls and all that stuff. And that same thing, those owls, like I don't know how many different products they ended up on after like my first year with the agency. The dolls, the dolls, the paper doll parades and Home Sweet Home just like catapulted my career. I couldn't have, I don't even like there was something about the time they came out, like what it, um, like whatever vibration was happening culturally. Some kind of zeitgeist that yeah. it's picking up into. And yeah. It's, and you couldn't have faked it or mimicked no. it. And I'm thinking about, you know, the whale piece was framed in our bathroom oh, and, wow. the, and the owl piece was in another yeah. place. And I think uh, if you're a user of, uh, you know, or you're just a customer, yeah. you're seeing it as like, oh, owls and whales are kind of in right now, yeah. I guess. Whereas yeah. you are living this yeah. experience, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And the snail house, those became really important for me because that's where, yeah, and that's where I started I my whole thing about home because yeah. we had worked for a year on renovating this house that yeah. we were leaving. And the movie Up came out. Yes. And that was like such a tearjerker for me. Oh, when me he, too. Oh, my God. So um, this idea of like home is whatever. And I'd moved around so much. And now I was moving to Columbus. Like home was going to be wherever we were and mm -hmm. whatever I made of it. And then that that's become a huge theme in my work, too. Yeah. So that's that was pr a pretty big deal. So as I well. think your work is uh, very sophisticated and also simple in a, in, a, in a great way. Thank you. Uh, but I could see people, and people think this of my work too, where they'll see it and think, well, it's not a technical drawing. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not. some complexity, right? <laughs> not. But what people don't understand is I think the reason yours has that resonance and the reach and, the, and been able to apply to all these different things is there's such an emotional, energetic depth to everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and listening to you talk about home and what these things mean to you and, you know, the snail home, like that idea yeah. is so deep and powerful. And even if people don't know it, you can sense it while you're going through your Instagram or on your books or whatever. Yeah. There's a depth that someone might be able to redraw that snail, Yeah. but they'll never, it will not be a motif that yeah. works its way through all these things and has this emotional depth. Yeah. And I, it's just, a, uh, it's a, I love being able to witness that and hear Thank about you. it. Thank yeah. you, thanks, um, yeah. So, okay, is that a pausing place? Sure. Or do we need, oh. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. you leave. Uh, yeah, so, um, okay, we'll pause there. Okay. Is that okay? Did yeah. you want to finish any element of that? No, that was good. Okay. Um, <laughs> how, how did I do with all this Amazing. stuff? Amazing. Oh this God. is such a good conversation. The wink. Oh my God. You called me out on my wink. I, yeah. can't, I can't wink worth anything. I was just practicing the other day. I'm like. <laughs> I, that's what I didn't know. Is that a wink? Yeah, like, are you twitching? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, 
I just want to have this on the episode. Okay. Um, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, that I, this has been, this is a gift to me. Oh, and watching, um, you know, I feel like you shared your story in such a way where, you know, talking about your sister and then, you know, flashback to her helping you through the most important time of your life as a person yeah. and a, in an art career is such a sweet moment to witness. And even the way that it came out in this story is like, just touched me. And I'm oh, just, thanks. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for me because it moved me, but I know it's going to be so, you have no idea. You have no idea. Like the things that when people come on and give those kind of gifts, the way that they impact people through the thousands of people that listen to this, yeah, it'll blow your mind. Okay. So just, you have no idea how, how grateful I am and how grateful I know my audience is. So Aww. thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Seriously, thank you, Susie, for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. I have a very, very strong conviction that uh, lots of people are going to get something uh, life-changing, game-changing, career-changing through this uh, episode, and uh, it's only because your generosity and openness. I can't wait to chat again, friend. Thanks for coming and sharing all this with my audience. Let's do another Patreon shout-out. Uh, we, we are partially, you know, not unlike NPR uh, or what have you. We're also listener-supported. And if you haven't joined the crew, you don't have even the possibility of getting the patron shout-out. But let's take one of our patrons at random and tell you about them. Austin Sailor, I'm talking to you. Come on down. Don't actually come over here. That's weird. But come forward as we speak about you. You are Austin Ta- Austin Sailor. Uh, Austin, as you usually spell it. And then Sailor is S-A-Y-L-O-R.com. Lettering animation. Very sophisticated. Very lovely stuff going on here with some real fluid, swashy, illustrative lettering beautiful stuff go check it out if that's your kind of jam it's austin sailor on instagram i-t-s-a-u-s-t-i-n-s-a-y-l-o-r go follow him he's making cool stuff thanks bud thank you so much for uh supporting the show means a ton to us all um you get to listen to this because of austin so you better go thank him too thanks austin you make it possible You make it possible to be... I know every one of you is like, Andy, no, stop singing on the show. Uh, Okay, thanks, Austin. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Uh, Thanks to... But but also, don't forget about the tour. (laughs) GrandPepTalk.com slash tour. We're going to be in L.A. next week. See you there. We're going to be in Memphis the month after that, April Go get your tickets at creativepeptalk.com slash tour. And thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for editing this show and providing the soundtrack. You're the man. Thanks to all of you for listening. Until we speak again, stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.